I'm Bonnie. Welcome to Martha Martha. I am distracted by many things. Because I'm a mom, because I'm a human, uh, because I have weakness, I need my Lord to guide me and to calm me every day. So let's walk together. Good morning. Uh, well, good afternoon to most of you, I guess, because it's almost noon here. So um, chapter six of my book, Revolution of Mercy, I'm just going to go over the um, bullet points of chapter six, which is called Our Tanks Need Filling Too. It's very difficult to fill our children's tanks, which was the, what the last chapter was about, when we are not uh, attending to the filling of our own tank, right? And that is both, you know, emotional, physical, spiritual. Uh, our tank needs to be filled and, you know, we need to develop ways of doing that. So here are some points to remember when we're thinking about filling our own tanks. Number one, in order to be available to our children, we parents must find ways to fill our own tanks. Number two, we are not left hanging to find our own means to fill our tanks, for the church supplies us with many means of grace and spiritual nourishment. And this is when we have to be so grateful for, for our faith, because we can go to uh, our spiritual mother, our church, to be filled with, uh, with the nourishment we need to carry on our day. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think maybe we don't access that enough. I know I certainly didn't when my kids were young, uh, because, well, partly out of ignorance, but, you know, I, I would have sought uh, nourishment there more had I known. Uh, number three, in our local churches, we find many of the spiritual exercises and activities to be nourished. So not only um, the church is going to guide us and provide for us, depending on where we live, of course, sometimes um, beyond the sacraments, sometimes uh, there are uh, groups that meet, there are prayer groups that meet, that can both meet your needs in prayer, or you can join them as a, as a crusade of prayer. Uh, there are going to be ways to educate ourselves within our actual church communities. And uh, that's a huge way to be nourished, and it builds it's something that builds community, which is really important for our own uh, filling our own tanks as well as to develop community. Number four, our prayer life and daily reflection are vital means of increasing our conversation with God as a channel of grace. We must be as humans; we must be in conversation with God. God could make the world run, you know, however He wants it to run. You are our our lack of interacting with him is not an impediment to his power um, and his grace. However, it's holding up our end of the bargain, in a sense, for us to be in conversation with him. That's how our connection with him is maintained. Um, he can operate much more effectively if we are, you know, in a sense, digging out the channels of grace um, and becoming much more uh, communicative with him in our everyday life. And for busy parents, you know, often that's just developing the the idea of kind of praying always, like, okay, Lord, just help me get me through this next few minutes, um, you know, or, or uh, how am I going to address this particular problem with my child? I don't want to yell right now, so if I can just give you a space to uh, work in me, um, you know, so developing and cultivating those little ways of 
uh, of having a prayer life, you know, we're, we're not likely to be able to spend long hours in contemplation um, at this point in our life, nor would, you know, God want that. He wants us to be attending to our children, of course. He made the meaty. He did that, right? So we don't have to feel bad that we're not spending hours in contemplation because he created humans to be this way. And so, you know, we can just say, okay, God, well, that's your fault. <laughs> uh, but I have to take my... Uh, my little prayer time with every breath. And number five, the family rosary is a powerful tool and a good place to begin devotions that foster the Christian life in our children. Uh, it's a rare person that you would meet, a rare Catholic that you would meet that wouldn't say, uh, yeah, the rosary was really the key to holding our family together. The rosary was really the key to my children's formation. Um, one day I'll tell you a story, if I remember, <laughs> about uh, a priest that we knew and his uh, his family's prayer life that held him in very good stead, even though, you know, of course, as a little kid, it was boring or he was disruptive or whatever. Uh, the family rosary um, played out very well in his life later on. Um, and we can start in small ways, you know, we have to remember that with any kind of prayer formation uh, we, we don't have to expect children to to sit for 20 minutes during a rosary, right? We can we can make it more active for them, um, or we can start with one decade. You know, um, we can also use it as a tool to pray for our children. You know, if we want to pray a whole rosary with our husband and just one very uh, focused decade with our children, um, that would be okay too, right? We can find uh, lots of ways to make this work for our particular family. Number six, fasting is a vital and underused method of spiritual growth as an act of sacrifice, practice of self-control, and good model for our children. I'm a big advocate of fasting, and fasting doesn't always have to be with food. I think fasting with food is very immediate. If we can, if we can control what we eat, uh, because food is so prevalent in our life and so necessary, but if we can have a, a relationship with food that will would be... Uh, well-formed, uh, we that spills over to other areas of our life. This is absolutely true. Um, you know, for example, uh, just making a decision to say not eat breakfast or just making a decision to not eat every, you know, cookie that's lying around um, that your kid didn't finish. You know, we we have the ability to practice these small sacrifices. Um, and it, it really gain, helps us gain traction in uh, self-control, right? Um, you know, sometimes different, you know, people, I have some children who are very blood sugar sensitive. And so, you know, going periods of time without food is is not viable. However, you can fast from certain foods or you can fast from uh, the places that you eat. Maybe you make it a habit that whenever you eat, just so you're doing it more consciously, you actually sit down uh, and eat something. Or maybe you, um, you know, choose to, uh, you know, pray before everything you put in your mouth sort of thing. So, you know, there's many, many ways that fasting can look. And we can also fast if you're, this, I, I say this because it's from my own past, because I had uh, an eating disorder when I was young. And if, if food is too volatile a relationship for you to start right now, Fasting in other ways can eventually lead to that very direct fasting uh, with food, uh, fasting from internet, fasting from, uh, um, you know, say, 
sitting down and, you know, zoning out on, on Facebook for an hour, uh, you know, fasting from gossip. You know, there are many ways that fasting can manifest. And sometimes that's a better place to start, you know, if our, if our relationship with food is distorted. And in reality, we should be fasting from various things at various times in our life. Uh, you know, and especially if we know we have an, uh, you know, maybe disordered relationship with it, you know, we spend too much time farting around on a, on Facebook or too much time, um, you know, spinning our wheels and not actually getting the work done. You know, we can, we can fast from those things and, and sometimes finding a way like setting a timer. Okay. I'm just going to work in the kitchen for 15 minutes so that I don't get distracted and start, you know, scrolling. Um, you know, those are things that we can, we can do. There are many ways uh, we can fast. Um, number seven, also about fasting. Fasting can be adapted realistically to family life in many small ways, such as delayed gratification, even for a few minutes. Delayed gratification is a, also a very important fasting tool and really important for our children you know, for example, just going back to the timer, okay, I've done the schoolwork with the kids. Now I really want to sit down and have a cup of tea and read or do my, um, you know, spend a few minutes zoning out on Instagram or something. Uh, first of all, I'm going to spend 15 minutes tidying up the kitchen or 15 minutes folding the laundry. You're delaying your own gratification, uh, you know, and getting a a healthy job done in between so that when you act, the, the work will never all be done. Okay. That's just a truism we have to face, but that shouldn't prevent us from doing the work, right? Uh, we just have to not have an expectation that it's all going to be done. So delayed gratification accomplishes something both in our soul and actually a practical um, application to getting all the work done, getting the work done. Um and it's also really good for our kids. So starting from a really, really young age, this is a, was a, an amazing tool that I was taught when I, my kids were young, that we start saying things like, you know, they say, mom, I want an apple, mom, I want a snack. Uh, you, you can say, um, even at two or three, you know, okay, I'm just going to wipe down the counters and then I will cut up an apple for you. Or I'm just going to finish up these dishes and then I will cut up an apple for you. What we have to do is respond. You know, we should respond. And they might throw themselves on the floor and have a big hissy fit, but that's okay. You can say, oh, it's hard to wait for me, I know. I just need to get this one little job done, and then I will cut up your apple. That's important to me um, to fulfill your needs. But you're, you're teaching what you're teaching them is delayed gratification. And that, you know, they will actually learn that they can wait for a minute or 30 seconds. You don't want to make them wait a half an hour if they're two. Uh, but we can expect reasonable um, wait times at different uh, different times. We don't just drop everything and do what they need every single moment of the day. Uh, and at the same time, um, we fulfill their needs. We do it graciously. We do it with charity and tenderness. But we say, oh, yes, that's going to be a bit hard for you to wait, but I only have 30 more seconds. Look at that. I'm almost done. So delayed gratification is a great tool for both us and them. And the last bullet point, uh, number eight, is also about fasting. Employing such fasting helps parents to develop their ability to see beyond their child's behavior today and trust that loving guidance will have a long-term benefit for the spiritual development of themselves and their children. When we talk about the, the fasting version of delayed gratification, sort of a, um, as a, a, a delayed gratification being a branch of fasting, I guess, and we tune ourselves into that idea and we practice the idea of delayed gratification, we 
start to train ourselves to take a longer view of why we're doing what we're doing and the importance of, um, say, delaying our response or our discipline of certain behaviors that we want weeded out, that we don't necessarily have to address them in the moment. We can address them when we're both soft and, and more able. And from that, even the longer view is built of, you know, that we want our children to be a certain kind of people. And they're not that when they're four or seven or 12 or 16. They're not that sort of person. And if we can keep our relationships intact uh, and treat them with the tender and mercy and dignity that they deserve, they will become the kind of people we hope them to become, right? You know, good, merciful, tender, trustworthy people. And people who love God. And so that long view, that delayed gratification of this four-year-old who's driving me insane today, you know, the potential of him becoming the person that I, I hope to form him to, uh, and, that, and that God wants him to become, are far, far greater by taking a, a non-punitive attachment-oriented uh, view of things than if I were to jump all over to him for every every behavior that isn't like the person I want them to become, right? We are forming them. And so the uh, delayed gratification is very immediate and temporal, but it also has a very long-term benefit and effect. So that's all for today. I will pop in tomorrow with um, Chapter 7. God bless and have a great day.